Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, September 22nd episode of Poets and Muses. We chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen Arate. You can follow us on poetsandmuses.com or via social media on Instagram, Twitter, as well as SoundCloud under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. With us today is Muge Gideon, with whom I will be discussing his poem, Just Because I Am a Refugee, and my poem, Call Me Cassandra. Before we do that, however, I am going to go over all the poetry events taking place in the Valley during the week of September 23rd. On Tuesday, September 24th, from 6 to 8 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its weekly poetry writing workshop at the Chandler Community Center, which is at 125 East Commonwealth Avenue in Chandler. From 6.30 to 9.30 p.m., Nocturnal, the Poet, and the Poor People's Campaign will be hosting its monthly The Art of Justice Open Mic and Art Show at First Church, which is at 1407 North 2nd Street in Phoenix. The entrance is in the back at the parking lot. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 6 p.m. From 8 to 11 p.m., King Kong will be hosting a special edition of the Underground Experience, celebrating his birthday at La Flor de Calabaza at 705 North 1st Avenue, Suite 110 in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 8 on Wednesday, September 25th, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., the second of the two writing workshop with Kelly Nelson will be taking place. It's called Found Poetry at Changing Hands Bookstore, 6428 South McClintock Drive in Tempe. From 8 to 11 p.m., Phoenix Firebird Events will be hosting its For the Love of Phoenix open mic at Grand Avenue Pizza Company at 1031 Grand Avenue in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7 on Thursday, September 26th. If you're in Kampala, Uganda, from 6 to 10 p.m., Totoma and 32 degrees east will be hosting Meet and Greet with Arts Collaboratory at the Uganda Museum at 5 Kira Road in Kampala. Yours truly will be featured along with many talented Uganda poets, writers, performers, and artists. From 5 p.m., Dog-Eared Pages Used Books will be hosting its monthly open mic, arts, letters, and cultural event at 16428 North 32nd Street, Suite 111 in Phoenix. From 7 to 9 p.m., Long Known Publishing will be hosting its Phoenix Poetry Slam at The Lost Leaf at 914 North 5th Street in Phoenix. Make sure to get there by 6.50 to participate. From 8 to 11 p.m., Quinton Oni will be hosting his weekly open mic at Jobat Coffee and Bar, which is at 333 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. From 9.45 p.m., Atlas St. Cloud will be hosting his weekly poetry writing workshop at the Welcome Diner at 929 East Pierce Street in Phoenix. On Friday, September 27th, from 6 to 10 p.m., Sozo Coffee House will be hosting its open mic night at 1982 North Alma School Road in Chandler. 
And now welcome to our poet guest of the week, Muge Gideon. Hi Gideon, thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. You're welcome, thank you too for this time. So you brought with you your poem, Just Because I'm a Refugee. Before we get into that poem, I would like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. So, just like you said, my name is Mugai Gideon. I am a Congolese by nationality, and I live in Uganda since 2016 as a refugee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after quitting my country, and I came here in Uganda for peace and, and security. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, seeing as I spent so many years, I can say not not so many years, but. Uh, weeks or let me say month so without going to school mm-hmm. after leaving my country then i get myself in poetry because actually was i'm looking for something which can keep me busy mm-hmm. which can help me be just uh, keep uh, thinking the way i could think when i was at school so mm-hmm. i saw that just one thing which can help me realize that which can help me be thinking about my life which can help me and be thinking uh, so that my intelligence may not run down. Mm. So I now uh, go to poetry because I knew it will, will help me. Mm-hmm. And up to now, so I just thought that it was not only just a thing which can help me uh, not uh, decrease my intelligence, but mm-hmm. also which can help me sustain my life. So I just uh, found that it, it was a passion mm-hmm. and I was called for it. Yeah, so up to right. now I do it and I like it. Wonderful. Thank Wonderful. you. Did you write poetry before escaping the Congo? So, actually, I only wrote one because I remember I learned about poetry at school. Mm-hmm. Then I had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So, I just wrote for high poem mm-hmm. just once. I still remember it was on 3rd July 2016. It's when I wrote the first poem. Okay. But I could not know that I can engage myself in that career. Mm-hmm. So when I just remembered that I once wrote a poem, mm-hmm. I said, let me now try to write more, right, more right. and more poems. Yeah, okay. That's it. Do you mind if I ask you how old you were when you first wrote that poem in 2016? Yeah, no problem. At that time, I think I was 17 years old. Oh, wow. 17 years old, yeah. Yes. So, you're 19 right now. Now I'm 20. That's 20, okay. You said you remember writing that poem and that's how you started again, but do you write in other forms? Do you also write prose? I don't write prose, mm-hmm. but that poem I wrote was in acrostiche. But I don't write prose, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. only in poems. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, what is an acrostiche? Acrostiche, so it's a poem like, like maybe the name is the name is maybe uh let me talk about my like I'm called Mugai. They are just I write N U G A. So I write down Mugai. Ah. Then I start uh what I start uh the verse starts with the first letter like ah. M. I, I, I had to write a verse about about M U. Mm-hmm. I also write another verse about M. Then when then now when you see the poem like this. You, you will read uh, horizontally the name of Mugai, then you basically build in. Okay, okay. So it's, it's like an acronym when you read yeah, it yes. uh, vertically. Mm, I think it. I think there's the same. I, I wonder, is Akrotish <coughs> the French name? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's a French name, but I think also in English. Yeah, let me check. Yes. 
in English is acrostic, acrostic uh, verse form. Mm. So basically, the beginning of each line. If you read it vertically, it forms a word. Yes. Yeah. So the first poem that you started writing again, which was what this year or last year? Uh, the first poem. That that you started the upper speech. Ah, that's so. I only wrote one for that lady, mm-hmm. and up to now, if I remember well, yes, I also wrote one to my friends also, just as some some month back maybe one or two months back mm-hmm. I also wrote one so it means I've only wrote two of them if I don't remember when ah mm-hmm. okay yes. okay but the one you said the after speech that you wrote it's for the first one was for your girlfriend yes oh okay okay mm-hmm. lucky her <laughs> yeah she was lucky maybe <laughs> did she like it? she liked it yes she okay. liked it she liked it and I actually appreciate the fact that that I knew that I can write a poem through her. Mm. Yes. Mm. So she was your muse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Is she here with you? Uh, no, she lives in Congo. Okay. Uh, she lives in Congo. Even I've been talking to her yesterday. She is doing her final exams. She's okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So we talked a little bit before we began recording today about the fact that. You and some other Congolese are here, but even though you come from the same region, you are a refugee, but they are not. Do you mind explaining that a little bit? How come that is the case? And I know that North Kivu mm. is still there's a lot of conflict. Mm. Mm. You say you're from South Kivu. Yes, South Kivu. What's this going on there that makes some of you like yourself mm. a refugee, but not a friend, not? Okay, so uh, that normally depends on someone's heart. Mm. Yeah, because you can find that there are people who fail to sustain on the issues that are happening there. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe you you can find that maybe when a war comes like this, so it makes uh, some people flee. Yeah. And others who are living on good places, mm. there are those places which are secured. Mm-hmm. So you find it the same city, mm-hmm. but uh, some places are secured, others mm-hmm. are secured. Okay. That is, yes. Yeah. Then now you find that that's going to be difficult for you to leave your place so you can go to a place which is secured. Mm-hmm. Firstly, you find it costly. Right, right, right. Those kind of things there. Right, So right. now you just uh, decide to flee. Right. Yeah. So South Kivu is a region. Right. It's is it a city or a region? A region. Okay, so it's pretty mm. large. So you you and others from the region could be living very far apart. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Because it has like Kavu, it has Uvira, it mm-hmm. has Kabari, Kaziba and other places. Right, right. And those Bukavu is more like a, a city name. Yes. Okay, so it has many cities. Mm. Okay. For people who are unfortunately not in the secure regions, then mm. you don't have many options, mm. right? So you can mm. either escape to the more secure areas mm. or yes. go across the border to yes. like Uganda. Right? Yeah, I was just reading yesterday, mm. there was an article from Al Jazeera that was saying that Ituri, I think, is, also, mm. is also a region that's uh, seeing a lot of fighting besides mm. North Kivu. Mm. 
so that a lot more people are crossing into Uganda now. That is fact. Mm-hmm. Tourism more affected. So I am not actually strong in knowing uh, those places of Goma, mm-hmm. but but the whole North Kivu is affected. Mm-hmm. Say that mm-hmm. yeah, it's more affected than even South Kivu. Yeah, I personally have heard mm-hmm. about North Kivu, mm-hmm. so I was surprised when you told me that you're mm-hmm. actually from South Kivu and you were also fleeing. But before we get too much into that, if you can read your poem for us and then we can talk more about that. To read it? Yes, please. Yes, the title is Because I'm a Refugee. I'm that child, that youth, that old, that person, that lady, that boy, that woman, that man, that person far from his joy. I'm that Congolese, that Burundian, that Somali and that Eritrean, Ethiopian that fled his own motherland. I'm that adult who has never seen a ballot box, that foreign whose mouth is full of nostalgic talks, whose really identity is unknown by his society. I'm that person labeled and nicknamed refugee. I'm that design of a human pushed by a violent storm, a violent tempest of machetes, guns, war, bombs of his home, to be found covered by two hands on the logo of UNHCR, enclosed like an egg in its shell, when will I ever see far? I had lost all my properties and I had gone back to zero. I had lost my life of a student in Burundi, Rwanda, Congo. I face every 20th June of a year my anniversary, not in rejoicing but in crying because I'm a refugee. All my heart is broken and full of nostalgias. In my head, the remembrances of my home jazz. I always think about my friend, my sister and brother. I always miss the love and strokes of a father and mother. I live in someone's home when my own lives in my dreams. I don't taste the hand of my home, its milk and creams. I don't see the beautifulness of my home physically, only in books, TV, internet, dreams, just because I'm a refugee. Others spend nights sleeping so they can dream about tomorrow when I spend days walking under sunshine on fatigue and sorrow. Then when I get tired, I drink no cup of water but a cup of hope without knowing the time when this hardship will hug a full stop. This status made my vision fall into a deep omission. I am living like someone blind on the way leading to my passion. Humiliations are my daily bread. I lost my dignity. Segregated I am, discriminated I am because I'm a refugee. I always pray that the Lord let peace in my home fall like rain so I can go to enjoy it and give up this name of foreign. I pray for a coming, an abidance, an eternity of an unshakable kingdom of peace and security. I pray for a closure of those slaughterhouses in Somalia, for a right to the age of guns in Beni, Butembo, Ethiopia. I pray for an end of refugee camps in the world, really. I pray for peace just because I don't want to be a refugee. 
Thank you. <laughs> we were talking about you having written poetry since coming here in Uganda and settling here in Uganda. And you're saying that you are writing poetry, one, to just keep exercising your mind, mm -hmm. but also to deal with the fact that you're kind of in between worlds right now. So can you tell us a little bit about this poem and how this poem came about, why you decided to write this particular poem? This poem, there is one of my friends, she studies English. Before the old refugee day, yeah, I think it was something like 10th June. She was demanded to write a poem mm -hmm. about about a refugee day. Mm. Then she knew that I write poems. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Then she asked me to help her mm -hmm. write it. Right. So just when I was writing it, I also got inspired and I found that I actually should write it. Right. Yes, because I saw that that our uh, 20th, uh, 20th June approaches mm -hmm. and it's a World Refugee Day and I also have to actually claim it. Mm -hmm. then, I wrote, then I found that in everything I was writing, I was just writing about my own life, my own experience. That's why everything that is here inside is my own life. Though I also add like Burundian, Somali, mm -hmm. yeah. Eritrean, but what is here inside is my own experience. So though I was demanded to ask uh, to write it, but I found that when I was writing it, I was only writing about my what my own experience. Right. Yes. Right. So now I can say what inspired me was the life that I live as a refugee. Mm. Yeah, yes, that is what I wrote here. Just everything is the life I live as a refugee. Right, right. Mm. So you wrote this on 10th June. Or you started writing it on 10th June? I think I started writing it maybe on, on 14th June. Okay. And I finished it, it was on 7th June, and I finished it. So this June? Yeah, this, this June. This oh, wow. June. So when I met you on the 20th of June, it was your first time performing it? This was, yes, wow. my first time. Oh, wow. It was my first time to perform it. That's amazing. And you remembered it all. I'm, I'm always impressed when people remember their entire poem because it's yeah. not a short poem. Mm -hmm. I actually write long poems mm -hmm. and I try to give myself time to memorize it. That's nice. That's really great. So what happened to the poem now? Is it going to, because she was asked to write something about the refugee experience, mm -hmm. but you wrote it. Does it mean that you will publish it? Was it a publication that you wrote for? Or? No, so I just wrote it and I gave it to her. Okay. She also uh, declaimed it. Okay. Yes, she declaimed it on 21st. The claim is, I'm not sure, do you mean like she performed it? or? Yes, uh, she performed it. Ah, okay. Yes, it's mine, but she just performed it. Okay, because she was asked to talk about the experience, so yes. she, she basically read your poem. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, what kind of audience did she uh, It was just the audience, these organizations that deal with refugees here. Ah, okay. Yes, so it was uh, that audience uh, together with with that GRS. GRS is a school which trains uh, refugees with skills like English, sewing, fashion, and so on. Oh, so in the fashion, so that you guys have something to do, right? Because usually, 
from what I know about refugee camps, mm. usually you're not allowed to work. You're not allowed to like have your own life. So it depends on the countries. Okay. But in Uganda, you are free. You can move in the whole Uganda as you want. Yes, if you are a refugee in Uganda, actually, you are lucky because you can move, you can work, you can do just uh, things that you want. Though it cannot be easily, mm -hmm. but at least you have uh, that freedom of going where you want in Uganda, you may go to look for your own life, mm. see if you can have a job to work. To That's do. good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, and you told me before that you have a refugee passport that basically allows you to go anywhere except for the Congo. Uh, no, I haven't it. Oh, you don't have it? No, yeah, but they are there. They're you there. may have it if you have your money, you may go to look for it to get it. Ah, okay. So now you're you're working towards getting one? or Are, are you going to try to get one? So I'm also in need of getting one just because of my poetry because I know I may be called to perform somewhere. Mm -hmm. So in case I don't have it, it's, it's, so it's going to be something actually wrong. So I'm also trying to see how to get it, how to earn money, right. then get it. Right, right, right. It becomes really difficult, right, in terms of mm. getting the resources to yeah. better your life or make your life more stable again, mm. right? Mm. You talked in your poem about discrimination towards refugees. Can yes, you, I talked about it. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Okay, so I was inspired to write about this discrimination because actually Ugandans we are living with, uh, the majority of them are good. Mm -hmm. But now when you go now to the offices where you're going to meet with some, some Ugandans who are working, you know, well, uh, for us, black when when you are having an office, mm -hmm. so it's like we start uh, boasting. Then now you find that when you are in office and in shoes with Ugandans, mm -hmm. they actually discriminate you. Some of them do that. Mostly mm -hmm. the ones who are working on the refugee shoes. Uh, if I do remember when the ones which are working with OPM in the refugee camps. Mm -hmm. So here in Kampala, I am not experienced because I'm not a refugee of here. Mm -hmm. But but when I talk about the way we are living in the camp, mm -hmm. the way you go to the office, you find like the officers are discriminating you, segregating you, they humiliate you as they want, mm -hmm. the kind of thing. So now you find that uh, the person who is doing so mm -hmm. is just a person like you. Mm -hmm. But just because you are a refugee, Mm. You are not in your country, mm. and he has a bureau, so now that's the thing. But the Ugandans we are living with here, we are working with, we, mm -hmm. are, we are studying with, are actually good. Mm -hmm. We live them well in peace, no discrimination, no segregation. They even take you like a friend, mm -hmm. they talk to you in a good way, and so on. But when you go to office things, bureau things, mostly in refugee camps, actually you feel bad. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's surprising because they specifically work with refugees. Yeah. So you would think those would be more understanding of your situation. Yeah. But in your experience, it hasn't yeah. been like that. They haven't yeah. been very understanding. Not. Um, 
Tell me if I understood you correctly. They are taking advantage of the fact that you don't have status because they have this power over you.、Mm-hmm. They're using that. Is that what you mean? Can you please? You know, because these people who are working in the refugee camp offices,、mm-hmm. in some ways, they have control over you,、mm-hmm. over the refugees. Yes.、Mm-hmm. So they're using that to kind of make themselves feel more powerful. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So, what actually I understood, you know, working with people, like working with refugees, you are working with so many people,、mm-hmm. and there is a way that you can trust them. Because actually, what I saw, the way they treat us, because we also as a refugee also go wrong sometimes, also make stupid facts.、Mm-hmm. So now that push them to be so tough, tough on us.、Mm-hmm. But but also though. Though they are tough, they also have to know、mm, how to respect us. Also,、mm. yes, we also mess up. Sometimes they may tell us no, leave that place and go there, go and line up there,、right. so we don't go. So we also do that. But though we do that, they also have to respect us and, and also try to deal with us in a collaborative way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In a respectful manner, way respect us, so、mm-hmm. we also can. Can also respect them, but now for them, they do that because we are also have our own problems.、Mm-hmm. But now they also accentuate what they they make it more and more worse. So they worsen. So、uh-huh. find that though you haven't done anything wrong, you are just there seated. You find just、uh, someone comes and beats you, slaps you. You are old enough. You are older than he or she is, but、mm-hmm. he or she comes just. And like and beats you, slaps you, all、wow. kind of things there. So find that they are doing it so they can manage us well. But now they are doing it in the wrong way. Right. Not、right. in the wrong ways. So you're saying they're actually physically abusing some of the refugees yeah, there. Yeah. Yes. And they're、yes. not treating the refugees with sympathy. Not actually. No. Not actually. Not not just just a few of them. Just a few of. Them. Just a few of them, even like、uh, these things where you are going to get food, just the same things happen.、Mm-hmm. Just the kind of things there. Well, I've I've heard that in humanitarian work, sometimes there are some unsavory characters who, because they have access to food,、mm-hmm. and sometimes when refugees are in camps, they can't、mm-hmm. go out and they can't work, unlike. Your current situation, so they trade the food for favors, especially for women. They trade the food for sexual favors. I know, no, no, no. So they just give foods to everyone. Also,、oh, you at least you haven't experienced anything like that where they're holding、too. the food in order for you to do something for them, right?、Mm, maybe I don't have, but but not not cause cause our food is there. Mm-hmm. It's given to everyone. Okay, that's true. To to everyone, just just when you are a refugee, refugee in the camp, you have right to get your food、mm-hmm. every end of the day. Okay, okay. At least you're not encountering something like that, which is a very very unhealthy, very devastating power dynamic. <laughs> but <laughs> but still, it's not good that they're physically assaulting the refugees,、mm-hmm. especially considering. What refugees have to go through in order to reach safety. 
you know, like you said, because of trauma that you guys already go through, it's very tough to go to a place right where you think you feel safe, but then people are abusing you. Yeah, yeah, it's actually somehow bad, but we just stay because at least we get peace. Mm-hmm. If you get peace, we live in peace. Actually, Uganda has peace, so so we get peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we just bear with those humiliation, just bear with them. Because mm-hmm. know that we have our peace already. Mm-hmm. What you've been looking for it is already there. So, so you just live with it, these abuses. But you just bear with it. You bear with it, yeah. Just yeah. bear with it. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear, though, that at least in Uganda, you guys get to go to different parts of the country and you can find work on yes. your own. So, so you don't have a refugee passport now. Do they give you some pieces of paper so that you can travel around? You have identity papers for that? Yes, just when you have your identity ID, okay. you have your, your, your identity card uh-huh. given by a piece of so PM. Just okay. when you have it, you are free to move okay. in Uganda only. Right, right, right. Yeah, only in Uganda yeah. when you have it. Okay. What is OPM? What does this stand for? O- Do you know? OPM it is uh, the office of the Prime Minister. Ah, okay. So you get a special ID from the Uganda yes. Office of Prime Minister yes. that allows you to go wherever you need wherever to you want and to. work. Okay. Um, that's really good. That's yes. yeah. It's nice to have that option because, as I said before, from what I've heard, yes. refugees are not allowed to leave the camps, and yes. sometimes it's very difficult. It's it's tough on people's minds because even though you've reached that at least peace, yes. like you said, yes. you can't resume a normal yes. life or try to right. So. Yes, that's happens in in countries like Kenya and Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And others, but in Uganda, because if you're in the camp, you have the right to move. That's good. That's good. How long do you have to wait to get the ID cards from OPM? The ID cards, so it doesn't take a long. But IDs are given each five years. Oh. So so it means like the one I have was given now two years ago. Okay. So it means after three years, it will expire. Then oh. I look for the other one. So you have to apply. Then I get a, a, yes. I don't. I don't even apply. Just uh-huh. when it expires, so I go. So they organize this. Uh, it's a verification, verification okay. where all the refugees need verifying. Okay. Yes. So okay. now on that verification, they now give you your ID. But if it's an emergency case. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you have lost it, mm-hmm. so you may just go to OPM. You, you explain them, uh-huh. so you, you may tell them like I'm studying guys. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get the ID mm-hmm. because of these issues, security issues. Mm-hmm. So they can give you something which can allow you move freely. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. But what I know that ID are what I give it after five years. So if you haven't. Uh, got it. Mm-hmm. I was given it in 2017. So all the refugees that came in 2018 did not get those IDs. They, did they not get it. It was in 2000 uh, in, in, in 2022. 
Oh. They go to get it. So means they give them after five years. They give to every refugee. Okay. Again after five years, then then again they wait. Five years again they give. That's what. Oh. So you got lucky then. Yes. So you came just in the right time when they were giving out. IDs. Yes. Yes. Oh, so okay. it came when it was uh, only remaining like one year to provide them. Oh, okay. Yes. So every five years for a period of time, they will give they ID cards to every yeah. all the refugees that there are. Yes. And then they wait another five years and then yes. they give it again. Okay. But they only give from 16 years old and above. Oh, so you have to be at least 16 in 16. order to get the ID. Yes. Okay, okay. So you were... You you were pretty lucky in catching yes. that wave. That's good. Yes, yes. That's good. Yeah. So then the rest of the people then they have to let's say if they arrived in twenty eighteen, mm. then they have to stay in the refugee camps for five yes, years yes. until they get so they can move there with and their asylum seeker this and their attestation. They, they can move with it. They can move their with their asylum seeker petition. Yes. Mm. Attestation status. Oh, the status. Yeah. So, so you can move, move with it. But mm-hmm. now, it is not good because, like, in case we are sharing the same attestation, uh-huh. then we are two there, right? We mm-hmm. are two. When I go with it, right. so for now, you are going to remain without it. Oh wow! Yeah. So let's say if a family came to the yeah. refugee camp yeah. and the people in the offices, yeah. they only issue one, only one refugee permit, refugee. I guess, like yeah. a status card or something, mm, just to the entire family. Yes. And so, if one member of the family leaves, then the rest of them don't have that, and, and, the shame. Uh, and they have to wait for the ID cards basically yes. in mm. five years mm. if they become That's six. Right. That's why ID is more important. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because in case we are sharing the same attestation, then for me, I want to go to Kampala, then you want to go maybe uh, Barara, then I Kampala. Eh? Right, right. Do that. So we are not going to share it. Right, right. Yeah, you it. can't. So you can't yeah, go yeah. to two different places. You yes. either all go together or. Yeah, together or yeah. just stay there. Oh, wow. Wow, so that's still pretty tough. So, mm-hmm. and before you left, you were in high school, right? You were about to graduate high school. I've, I finished high school. Oh, you did? That's I finished good. high school. So, okay. Do you think you will pursue a college degree? What opportunities do you have for applying for, like, a, I don't know how mm-hmm. universities work in Uganda? Come in, please. Are you planning to attend university in Uganda? Yeah, yes. I So, university is something important and I always think about it. Mm-hmm. But now having the opportunities of studying it is something difficult because you have to apply. Right. There are times when the trust gives opportunities to refugees. Right. But it's not easy for you to get that opportunity. You find that so many refugees are here. Right. Very many refugees are in need of learning. Yeah. So yeah. now for selecting like five among them, ten among mm-hmm. them, seems difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard that something like 3.4 or 4 million people have become refugees from the Congo. Mm-hmm. 
mm. over the years. Mm. Do you know how many Congolese refugees are here in Uganda? Not. No. Not. I don't know. Right. There are I a lot. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really tough for mm. both Congolese who are trying to find peace and mm. also for Uganda who's trying to, well, all the refugees are going to all different countries, right? But Uganda is mm. like the closest. Mm from the eastern Congolese border, right? Are you going to apply anyway? I mean, you're going to take your chance? Yes, I can apply if like I get... So, to apply, if there's an opportunity of applying, <laughs> I must apply. Okay. Mm. So you can't... It's not like anybody can apply and then maybe somebody will get it. You have to actually wait for... Right a slot to even apply. Mm. You apply, so mm. then just wait. Uh-huh. If you get a chance, you are accepted. Right. So you want to go. Right, right, yeah. right. But now, being accepted is difficult because so many refugees apply. Right, Burundians right. are there, Somalians are there. Yeah. You're Somalian, Burundian, Congolese, Eritrean, Ethiopian, Rwandese, and so on. Yeah. All there. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, will apply, yes. Now, yeah. for you to get that opportunity, something difficult. But if you get it, you are lucky. Mm-hmm. You are yes. lucky, yes. Because you're going yeah. to study freely. You won't pay any money. That's good. Yes, yeah. you are lucky if you get it. Well, hopefully, you will get it. Yeah, if God provides <laughs> yeah. everything just by the will of God. Yeah, you never know, but I hope you get it. So you talked about refugees from other countries as well. Mm. When you were living in the camps, mm. was everybody mixed together or were there separate camps for people from different countries? Mostly, the camp I'm living in, it's a camp of refugees. All refugees are there. Ah. So Malanis are there, Burundians are there, Congolese are there, Ethiopians are there, right. Sudanese are there. Right, right. Yeah, just all the refugees. Right. But all Sudanese are I bit bit because there are those games where you can enter, then you won't find any Congolese, mm. you won't find any Burundian, any Somali. Mm. Somalians are only in a Kivali camp, and a Kivali is like the biggest camp of Uganda. Uh-huh. There is where Somalians are. Okay, okay. And also here, here in Kampala. Okay. So when you go to a camp like uh, Chaka, you, you, you won't find any Somali. Okay. When you go to Bidibidi, you will find only South Sudanese. Okay, okay. Mm. But when you go to this Nakivali, you will not find the Sudanese there. Okay. So you were in a camp that had mm. many different people from many different countries, mm. but most of the camp, it sounds like there are dedicated to different countries, mm. people, right? Mm. So, okay. Wow. Yeah, because I was wondering how in the camp you were in, where there were people from other countries, mm-hmm. how you dealt with communications because not everybody mm-hmm. speaks the same language, right? Communication? Yeah. So, communication there, so it's not actually simple, mm-hmm. but we try to use Swahili. Okay. So can be, yes, to find that, that Somalians try to speak Swahili. Why? Because because Somalia and Kenya share the border. Right, right. So now you find that very many Somalian, very many Somali live in Kenya. Mm. I asked that this Mombasa, 
is mm. only full of Somalians. Okay. Mm. Okay. Very Somalis living in Kenya. And that's why they're able to speak yes, Swahili. But Eritreans and, and Ethiopians, they speak a completely different so now, language, right? They don't speak Swahili, but now once they are mixed with Congolese, Burundian, mm-hmm. they speak Swahili. Uh-huh. They speak just a small Swahili. Oh, so the common language in yes. these mixed camps is Swahili. Yeah, Swahili, yes. Swahili. Uh-huh, okay. Those notes are easy, mm. but at least Swahili helps. Yeah. And also English helps helps now but but not a lot. What helps more is Swahili. Okay, okay, that's good. I'm glad at yes. least you know, you have yes. some ways of communicating, but it's very difficult to navigate because you coming from such trauma to yeah. get to peace and yes. then going into a camp that's yeah mixed with people that don't necessarily share the same language. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. But thank you for explaining, at least give us some understanding of what it's like to live in those camps. And I really hope that you do get into college and continue your studies, because it sounds like you enjoyed it, and your poem sounds like you missed that. Just like the way I mentioned here, like my vision this status made my vision fall into a deep omission. Mm-hmm. So like the vision I had has fallen in a deep omission. So I don't remember about to the rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you are now living like someone blind. Mm-hmm. On, so you don't know anywhere anymore how to reach your passion. Right, right. Just like you are stuck. Yeah. But, but I hope God will provide what he wants. Yeah. You said you're using poetry to help you deal with the situation. Have you found it to be helpful? Poetry. Yeah. Poetry is helpful for me. Yeah, it's helpful for me. Okay. It helps me in many things. Mm-hmm. 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 And good. I like it. Good. Yeah. yeah, I was really happy to have met you and, and listened to your poem. Mm-hmm. And talk with you now. And the reason why I chose my particular poem is because mm. I don't know if it's the same in your case. I know in, in Turi, mm. the current conflict is between what sort of farmers and herders, right? Mm. So often conflicts come from kind of revolutions, people mm. wanting to better their situation, mm. but getting into conflicts that become civil wars. Mm. And that's why I chose my poem, Komi Cassandra. I'll read that now. Komi Cassandra. As a child whose parents survived a revolution, I cannot condone them. They bring up dust storms that suffocate innocent bystanders only to settle on the same landscape. Yet I see the oncoming revolution with a gleeful anticipation of schadenfreude, though this is not glee, but the nervous laughter that displaces cries of horror, for I spy the hopeful gleam sparkling in inexperienced eyes, self-blinkered from contemporaneous failed revolts. I want to shout out warnings, but I too am caught up in this broken system, wishing for rescue while my limbs grow weary from staying afloat 
and sight blurry with disappointed tears as generations of prophets become grifters and swindlers downstreaming with the flow, even as they dye themselves pink and swear to be salmon, while the genuine articles are netted to near extinction, gorged by the malnourished, famished for knowledge, stoked by phobias, defining saviors by sight, ignoring their content, swooned by rhythmic sermons with eyes shut against counterfeit actions, playing perfect audience to revolutionaries calling for a change of actors, though keeping the stage, settings, and characters. <laughs> got it. I just wanted to ask uh, what inspired you to write this. So I, I read a lot of news, both national news and international yeah. news. And yeah. um, I've been following a lot of human rights issues from all over the world. And in the last 10 years, there's been a lot of instability all around the world. Yeah. And I noticed one of the things that happens even in my own country, there's a lot of, especially since the 2016 election, there's been a lot of conflict between one faction and another faction. And I feel like there's a lot of ignorance when it comes to, there are people who are very enthusiastic about the idea of maybe starting a revolution. They start out from very good intentions because people are suffering. They want a better conditions. But invariably, it ends up that the revolutionaries, they become dictators themselves. They don't better the conditions for everybody. And they don't change the system to benefit everybody. But they just push out the people who occupy those roles before and they themselves occupy the same role. So the systemic problems continue. That's why I wrote this. I forget exactly what made me decide to write this particular poem, but the whole idea is because of that. Because it causes so much suffering for everyday people. I get it. Yeah, it's so fine. I also liked it. It actually inspired me in many things. And I hope it, is, it has increased in me something new. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome. So I would just like to know what to do about poetry in America, how you run your poetry career there. Oh, well, I'm not a professional poet. Well, I actually started writing poetry when I was very young, yeah. around 10, 11. I, can't, yeah. I don't remember exactly yeah. how young. But I didn't always write poetry. I stopped for 20 years before 2016. I also started again in 2016, about the same time you did. And since moving to where I live now, I've been going to all these open mics, similar to here in Kampala. There are open mics where people can just come up and read and just express what they want to express through verse. Mm -hmm. And I think like you, they have a lot of inside they want to get out. Mm -hmm. And they find that poetry is Mm -hmm. a viable form for them. It's a Mm -hmm. useful form. Mm -hmm. So I hope that answered your question. 
Ah, no, yeah, so it's something which, what I would like more is like uh, the way you are doing this there. If, if you have like an organization that you are running with it, like if you are having people that are mentally doing poetry, that to do organize this poetic night there. Oh, well, there are a number of people and a number of organizations mm-hmm. who are organizing these events yeah. just like here you know yeah. like uh, philip organized mm. that event where i met you at the lazy pony mm. and then other people organizations joshua will organize your next event in july mm. you know so there are people who are organizing themselves mm. and then there are organizations who are helping mm. there's a nonprofit called connect and heal mm who helps people who have gone through trauma to talk about their trauma through poetry. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, is that something that you might be interested in doing for some of the refugee camps? Mm-hmm. Because I personally find poetry to be very therapeutic, mm-hmm. and I think it's used in... I know in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. there's an organization that helps uh, veterans, former soldiers, mm-hmm. to deal with all the horrible things that they've seen mm. through poetry as well. So do you think that's something you might do, maybe at refugee camps? If I think about doing something in refugee camps. Yeah, maybe teaching yes. people to write poetry. Yes, teaching people is good. Yeah, yeah, we teach people to write poet, poetry so they can express themselves, just like what Open Mic is doing. Yeah, Open Mic is not that. Yes, yes, that. but it is doing it mm-hmm. when there are so many uh, refugee camps here. There are, yeah. yeah. here in Uganda, like Chaka is there. Mm-hmm. So now it can be good, like maybe if uh, that project go further than... Mm-hmm. Than Kival uh, Rich in Chaka, Rich in BDBD, right, and right, other right. camps, yes. Right. Mm. But it takes time, right? It takes time for an organization to mm. build up. Mm. Because, it, yeah, I talk with Open Mic Uganda as well. Have you thought about working with them? It's something good, but I've never done. Right. I've never gone with them. Right, right. Mm. But you might want to talk with them because, mm. you know, I'm sure they can use more help. Yeah. and you can use your talents to help other people as well. I mean, continue talking about trauma you went through, but also help others talk about their trauma because it's not easy, as you know, to live in the camp, to live with what they saw. I also want to ask you a question. Do you write books or you, or you do record the poems? Because for me, I don't write books, but I just like to record. Mm-hmm. I have ever recorded one poem. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so now I want to ask if you also write books or you just record. Well, I have a lot of poems. I've written over just in 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. these two years, over these last two years, I think I've written over 300 poems. So I have enough for books, mm-hmm. not just one book. And there are competitions where you can submit your material, so I've done that. Actually, you might want to check out, there's an organization that's called Poets and Writers. They cater more to American poets. You should look at their site and see if they talk about international competitions. 
because there are a lot of poetry competitions mm -hmm. that are open to everybody from the world as long mm -hmm. as they write in English. Mm -hmm. There are poetry competitions that uh, caters to people who only write Spanish or French. Mm -hmm. You know, for you, because you are a native French speaker, mm -hmm. you can look online and mm -hmm. see if, especially in France, if there are some poetry societies mm -hmm. that have competitions that, mm -hmm. especially for Francophone, mm -hmm. you know, speakers. Mm -hmm. It might help you. I find that poets find various ways of expressing themselves, not just writing poetry, mm -hmm. but like you, some poets have a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Lule, for instance, has, mm -hmm. I think, has a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Some people, like myself, I'm doing this podcast mm -hmm. to feature other poets. Mm -hmm. So we are online as well. Mm -hmm. Some people, they're not performance poets. Mm -hmm. They just have a website where mm -hmm. they post their poems. They mm -hmm. maybe have a blog. Yes, yeah. So it's, I think for every poet, it's different. It's what you're comfortable with sharing. So I'm, I'm glad your, your method seems like you're recording yourself. Oh. Are, is it a video? No, just a video, but looking forward to having a lot of it. Okay. And looking forward to shooting it. Okay. But for now, it's an audio, and I'm also planning to make another one. Okay. And I'm thinking about making this one of, of um, because I'm a refugee. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a good poem to have. Yes, in case I get some money, I'm going to record it. Yeah, yeah. You can record on your phone and onto a platform like SoundCloud. I use SoundCloud. And it's free. For SoundCloud, you can upload up to three hours of audio for free. And there are many platforms where you can upload audio uh, up to a certain amount for free. I want to record like to get studio. Oh, so you actually want yes. to do a professional... Studio, yes. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. In that case, yeah, it will yes. cost money. Yeah. But I think in the meantime, you could do this ad hoc thing where you are just recording an audio on your yeah. phone and uploading yeah. it to a website. Because then yeah. you just have to find a quiet place. Yeah. Because sometimes... Our phones are powerful enough, they're like little computers now that you could even do that on your own so you don't have to spend the money on a studio. People can still access your work, right? Then maybe you can get people who are interested in seeing more of your work to help you fund a studio recording. You can always do another recording later on. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. Well, in terms of how people can find you for the audience, mm -hmm. if they want to see more of your work, mm -hmm. is this recording that you talked about, is it online? This recording, I've never put it online. Okay. Not yet. Okay. How do people follow you otherwise? Do you have social media accounts? Facebook only. Oh, so only tell Facebook. us how we can find yes, you on my Facebook. Yes, Facebook is Mugai Gideon. Okay. That is M-U-G-A-Y, then Gideon, G-I-D-E-O-N, Mugai Gideon, yes. And you have explained to me before that Congolese names, you say your last name, name, family name first. given name. Given name. Yes. So your given name is Gideon, Gideon and your family name is Mugai. Mm -hmm. 
Mugai Matthews. Great. So Facebook is just Mugai Gideon, no dots, no space. Yes, uh, Mugai Gideon. Oh, okay. Mugai space Gideon. Also, oh, there is a space. Okay. Mugai space Gideon. Mugai space Gideon. Okay. Great. Do you go to regular open mics? Only the open mic. I also go to Kulvuga. So is Totoma a regular thing? Monthly. Monthly? Yes, it happens monthly, just here. Okay. Yes. Monthly, do you know which day of the month it happens? So now we agree that it's going to be happening every first Friday of the month. Okay. And it's here at 32 degrees? It's just here. Okay, so 32 degrees, 6 o'clock, right? Yes, six o'clock. Okay, so every yeah. first Friday of the yeah. month yeah. at six o'clock yeah. at 32 degrees yeah. east is Totoma, Totoma, which is, is a yeah. poetry open mic. Yes. Right? Okay, yeah. great. So, so if people come here, they will likely see you. Yes. And the other thing that you mentioned, the other open mic you said you uh, wanted to go to? The town of Kuivuga. Mm. Kuivuga. Kuivuga for it, it happens every last first day of a month. Okay. Mm, like, and today it's going to happen. Okay. Mm. But where is it? Eh? Where, where? Zone 7. Zone 7. Mm. Oh, okay. So every last Thursday of the month yes, is Zone 7. Oh, that's the thing you sent me? Yes, oh, okay. that one. That okay, one. okay. So both of those are open mics that you mm. regularly go yes. to? Yes. Also open mic in Uganda. Yeah. That, I that's see. every second Thursday of the month. I think so. So that that's why I've never known well ah. the next day. Okay, mm. so look up Open Mic Uganda. I will find it and I will share it in mm. these episode notes so that people can know where to find you. So first Friday at 32 degrees mm. east. Second Thursday, if you look up Open Mic Uganda, mm. Uh, to see where it is happening. Mm. And then last Thursday mm. is Kuivuga. Kuivuga, yes. which is at... Zone 7. Uh, but uh, normally they change the places. Ah, then okay. They'll be here today, then next time is another place. Ah, okay. Change. Okay. But definitely Totoma uh, is at 32 degrees Just east. Here. Mm. And it's first Fridays. Yes. So please come and see Gideon read his poetry. Yes. Um, and he is able to, I'm always impressed by people who are able to remember their own poetry <laughs> because I can't. So thank you very much You're for welcome. your time. Thank you too for your time. Yes, I also appreciate it. Good, good. Thank yes, it's you. so fun actually. Thank good. You. I'm glad for that. Thank you. At over 1 million, Uganda is the largest refugee hosting nation in Africa. Be sure to check the episode notes for figures on world refugee populations as well as poetry open mics in Kampala. As always, you can follow us at poetsandmuses.com or via social media on Instagram, Twitter, as well as SoundCloud under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. I'm your host, Imogen A. Rate. 
Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.